Let's take a moment and pray. Father, prepare our hearts, prepare our minds. Lord, help us tune in to the things that you're speaking and doing. Lord, even though it's different, that we might be sitting in a different place in a church building, we know, Lord, that you meet us in any place. So meet us now. Speak, Lord, so that we would have ears to hear and prepare our minds for the things you want to do because we want to be changed as a result of being with you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today we celebrate uh, the Ascension, or the Feast of the Ascension, which is transferred from Thursday uh, because the feast is traditionally on Thursday. And the reason it gets transferred to Sunday is because people weren't showing up on Thursday. So we had to remind you from Thursday to Sunday that we, you missed the Feast of the Ascension and you should have been there. And, um, but you couldn't have been here anyway, so uh, the truth is that we're reminding you once again, it's an important feast. It's one that we have to understand, one that we have to get hold of, why it's so important. And the Ascension basically takes place 40 days after the resurrection, and we have... Uh, we know that the following Sunday, from this Sunday, leads to Pentecost. And from the ascension to Pentecost is 10 more days. So there's these 40 days later that, that, that we know that Jesus came, he walked the earth, and uh, he came uh, to uh, his disciples, and we know what occurred. But the ascension is something that we've got to kind of get hold of. Why? Why is that feast day important for us? And why is that so important that we're... Reminded. Well, we know that he came down from heaven. We know he was born of a virgin. Uh, we know Jesus lived a perfect life, a selfless life. And we know he ministered among all the people that he encountered. And we know that Jesus uh, went to the cross. That's where he died. We know that when he went to the cross and died, it was for the sins of the world. And that reminder of sins of the world, because it sounds like this, this big statement but that's for our sins, for me personally, for all who have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that, that he went to the cross for the sins of the world. And, and after the resurrection, he, he was present with his disciples for 40 days, that Jesus, in his resurrected body, walked upon the earth. So it wasn't just a resurrection. He came and then he, he, he left town again, but, but he walked among them. And Luke tells us in his gospel what happened right before he leaves, right before the ascension. And if we look at Luke chapter 24, verse 45, he says this, And he opened their understanding, that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day day. See, Jesus unfolds God's plan to them through the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And all was now being fulfilled. Now remember, there's no New Testament at this point. That's yet to be written. So he unfolds God's plan that they get hold of, of this teaching, this unbelievable teaching, and it says that he opened their understanding, that they began to see, that it all began to come into place of what they experienced, but now is being fulfilled. And the disciples were then instructed by Jesus. And he gives them this instruction, what to do next. Now that you understand that, here's what you have to do. It's kind of like with our children. 
When we, when we equip or we teach our children something, that, that there's a point of them understanding what we're teaching them, and then there's a point they need to go do the thing we taught them. Simple task, taking out the garbage, right? Real easy. I don't know why that's so difficult, but real easy. That, that you pull the bag up, that you pull the bag tight, then you go out there, you put it away, and then you got to go and put a new bag in the garbage. For some reason, there's, it's lost in translation. There's no bag in the garbage. It made it halfway out the house or whatever the case might be. But, but there's this instructions we get. And Jesus gives this incredible instruction to them that they would understand these very things. The law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, and all that was written, all these prophecies are being fulfilled. And then Jesus gives them this instruction and says, this is what you need to go do next now that you understand. And in Luke 24, verse 47, Jesus said this to them. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Here's the what's next. The disciples are given their mission to teach repentance and remission of sins. And he's very clear on what's going to happen next, that, that in this process, this is what's going to, what you're going to do next. And just after these words, just shortly after this, he would go and he would ascend to the Father. But we have to pause a minute. And we look at the word repentance. And repentance simply means this, is to turn from our selfish ways to Christ. It's, I'm going to turn from my sinful ways, from, from my selfishness and the things that I do in my life that I've tried to do my way and I'm going to turn to Christ and I'm turning around in this new direction towards him. And what we have to be reminded of that there is no salvation without repentance. That, that we don't come into the saving grace of God unless there's a turn. And Jesus says you're going to go and you're going to tell them how to turn and how important repentance is that you're going to turn from that way, from that selfish way and you're going to come to Christ, that you're going to come to that saving knowledge of who he is. Now, remissions of sin is this, is that Jesus died on the cross and he paid our debt. That's that remission of sin, that, that he did that, that he took it upon himself, that debt that was owed for our sins is now canceled, that he cancels the debt that there's no penalty as a result of it, that, that it's taken away, that he took that upon himself on the cross. And he's telling his disciples, you're going to go do this. You're going to go teach about repentance. And you're going you're to talk about the remission of sins. Because that, that's the very thing that's going to turn people back to understanding who he is, as they had this new understanding. Disciples will go and preach this message of salvation, this, this good news message to all those that they would encounter because it's something that they encountered. Disciples would now believe, but what about everyone else? Remember, everyone in town is not with Jesus at this point. What, what's supposed to happen next? Just like when we believe and we come to a, an understanding of who he is, when we've repented and turned from those ways and received that remission of sin. And, but what about everyone else? Well, to everyone else, still, Jesus was considered a disruptor. He was considered a blasphemer. Many saw him maybe as a fraud. Others saw him as a prophet. They saw him as one who healed and a healer and also as a, as a teacher. But the others didn't fully see that he was the Messiah yet. That, that revelation hadn't come. 
But Jesus wasn't finished. And that's why he's instructing his disciples in this very moment before he would ascend back to the Father. So the, the question is, what will they believe now that Jesus fulfilled all these things? What, what, what would they believe? That he was there with them? All these things were fulfilled? We know what the disciples are left with with what they believe, but what will everyone else believe? All of us, at some moment in our life, have to come to a conclusion of who Jesus is. We have to, we have to come to some conclusion at some point, at some moment in our life of who he is and what he came to do. If Jesus is the prophet, priest, and king, he's the Messiah. So how do we respond? And the disciples came to that understanding. They didn't just see him as king anymore, or they didn't just see him as the, the prophet anymore, or the great high priest anymore, but, but they see him in all those things, and it's being fulfilled, that he is this Messiah that was prophesied about, that he has fulfilled all those things. And we too have to come to that understanding or to a conclusion of who Jesus is. If we're his disciples and, and we're these followers of Christ, we're, we're as his disciples are called to respond to what we know or what's been shared with us. We're called to respond to that knowledge of who Jesus is. That we've been awakened in our own life and, and we're called to bring it just as he called his disciples to bring that out. And if you've not come to that conclusion, how will you respond? There's a moment right now where, where how do you respond to who he is? That he's fulfilled all these things. It's been proven. The disciples know it. But how do we respond? And then if we're disciples, what, what are we called to do? See, Jesus brings his disciples to his little village outside of Jerusalem to Bethany, not very far away, and and that's where he would ascend back to the Father. That was the place where they gather with him for the last time. And the reason we need to be reminded about the ascension is because it celebrates Christ's exaltation. That, that the ascension becomes essential. That we understand it's fulfilled all those things and it exalts who he is. See, while on earth Jesus was a servant, now in heaven he's a ruler and he's Lord of all. Jesus, who came and took on our humanity, redeemed our humanity in the resurrection, now enters into heaven as a representative of mankind. That he took the fullness of his humanity. When he resurrected, he resurrected as he was human, but also God. And then he takes our humanity, that humanity. Jesus brings humanity into his divinity. He brings it back to heaven. That he fulfilled that, that final redemption for us. So we still have to answer that question of who he is. And if that knowledge has come to us or that understanding has come to us of, of, of who Jesus is, have we made that decision just as the disciples did, that, that we would come to follow him in that way? That the disciples came to that full understanding that they were, although scattered at one point and, and regathered again and then came back and, and they were forgiven for, for leaving and, and recognizing that, that who he is and uh, the power of his resurrection has occurred, but now he's going to leave again. What would be the next thing that he would do? But what they knew in their heart is, was it was fulfilled of who he was. 
says a little bit later in Luke's Gospel and, and in the book of Acts today that uh, uh, we read that how, what transpired, what took place next. And there's this incredible celebration. There's this incredible expectation of what God was going to do next. See, as disciples, we allow Christ to work in and through our lives to continue to bring heaven to earth. See, that's the mission. That he's left us to continue to bring heaven to earth to others. Why? Because Christ is in us when we've repented and received remission of sins. And that that work would continue through his disciples. And that work would continue to, uh, to for work in our lives and through our lives. And I know that's hard to believe sometimes because I would think to myself, how on earth is someone seeing Christ in me? But yet he is. And, 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 and that light comes in the midst of darkness and begins to transform others' lives as we share that same testimony, that same good news. See, we're all called to be Christ's witness, to be that earthly representation of his divine power. That was his plan. From his ascension, what he would leave. And ten days from the ascension would be this power that would come. It was the promise that he would never leave us or forsake us. But it would be this greater empowering that was yet to come that the disciples would continue that ministry and fulfill all things by bringing heaven to earth into others' lives, by proclaiming who he is, by being that witness. See, the ascension reminds us to prepare our hearts and minds for the coming of the Holy Spirit. It reminds us, he says, go back to Jerusalem and wait there. And the disciples went back to Jerusalem where they, where they waited the disciples went back to Jerusalem where they worshipped and they celebrated. And I bet you even then they were telling some people along the way, you won't believe what I saw. You won't believe it. You know, often I think of, 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 of the Superman, you know, move with Jesus going into heaven. You know, what, what would that look like? And Scripture says that he blessed them. I think it would have been really cool if he did one of these, you know, and just boom, gone, back with the Father to infinity and beyond. But, but he left his disciples and he said that, that, that there's yet more that's going to come for your life. And there's more in our lives if we allow that in of who he is into our lives. And they went back to Jerusalem and they probably said, you won't believe what I saw. And, and, and Jesus who died and rose again and uh, then he ascended into heaven. And there was a glory and there was a blessing upon his disciples as he left. And that blessing is to continue that work as his disciples, the work that he began. And they went back and they waited upon the Lord. And as they waited upon the Lord, they worshiped the Lord. They gave him all glory and honor and praise for who he was, that, that, that knowledge and understanding was being fulfilled now. And as they worshiped, they were a witness. And maybe that's for us right now, as we're reminded that that. The ascension is essential to our faith and understanding that it was all things were being fulfilled in that moment. But we're in a place where we need to wait upon the Lord right now so he'll renew that strength in us. So we wait upon the Lord. And while we're waiting, we can worship. That we can seek him with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength and, and, and give him praise and adoration and glory. And as we wait and as we worship, we can be his witness. That we can share our story 
of that encounter of who he is and what he's done. And why can we share it? Because all of us at some point had to make a decision, who is Jesus? And if he's prophet, priest, and king, and he's the Messiah, then I need to repent and receive the remission of sins so I could be in that relationship and receive that everlasting life that he promises us. He promised me, he promises you. So if I can encourage you one thing right now, continue to wait upon the Lord. Be reminded that when you open the scriptures, all things will be fulfilled as you read them. And, and as you worship, that you're meeting him in that place of worship. And then continue in any way that we can, as a church, be that witness. And maybe right now, as we're preparing for Pentecost for next Sunday, we could come with that expectation of, God, whatever you want to do, pour out your power in my life so that I could fulfill the things you've called me to do after you ascended. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we can't do it in our own strength, and we know that. And Lord, we grow weary or impatient waiting at times. So let us, Lord, wait with that expectation of, of who you are and what you're doing. Let us, Lord, worship you. Freedom in our worship and praise of who you are. And Lord, truly help us be the witness that you've called us to be. Now, if you're maybe here for the first time or you haven't concluded that question who is Jesus in your life what I tell you right now is he makes an invitation for you to come that that you know his love for you in a way that maybe you didn't know before and that you're encountering him right now as a result of just listening and being here that's because the Holy Spirit's working in your life and Jesus is calling you to that relationship but we have to make a decision that I'll, I'll turn from that way, my, my selfish ways, the ways I try to do it, my own strength and power, and I submit, surrender, and say, Lord, you do it your way, and allow him into our life. And by grace, he meets us in that moment. He gives us this gift, and that gift is an eternal life promised with him because of remission of sins that he's erased our debt, that, that there's this grace and forgiveness that we receive in that moment. If you don't know him that way, I, I just invite you right now to pray to let him in your life that way. So what I ask you to do is just repeat after me. Just say this. Say, close your eyes right now, wherever you are, and say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart, and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person that you want me to be. In your name I pray, amen. Now, if you prayed with me and you're on the campus right now, there's a little button that comes up that said, I raised my hand to, to accept in that way. And one of the hosts want to pray with you and take you in any questions that you have. And we want to help you on this new journey that you have with the Lord. We want to celebrate this new journey that Christ has you on. Amen.